Recorded live. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the student of the game. I am Kyle Nash, the student of the game here in the studio with the one, the only, Weasel Yeah, boy. The man who I know is the best researcher in the business. I don't care if we're getting paid or not. This cat knows his stuff. I'm about to show you that here in the intro of the show. Well, soon here, actually. I shouldn't say slightly more time, but yeah, soon enough. And at any rate, with us here on the phone, in the middle of keeping a close eye on you, uh, in Eustace there on Sumter County, doing his fire department thing, Mr. Chris Rankin, what's going on, man? Good to have you aboard again, of course, in any way, shape, form, or fashion. Yeah, hopefully my phone will work this week out here, so <laughs> it sounds like it's going to be a good show, so. Yeah, hey, as long, so long as I don't hit the wrong button again, we'll be fine. We've been over that last week. But at any rate, you know, I, I know we got – I have my whiteboard here in the studio crammed with things. Yeah, I know I got big handwriting, but trust me, we have a whole lot to get into this show. But I want to open – you know, as we often do, I want to open something a little bit something a little bit lighthearted, something a little bit thought-provoking here. And I was on the phone with uh, – with, uh, we're with over here, you know. Yeah, boy. I mean, we don't just talk here on NGSC Sports. We never stop when it comes to talking craziness because, you know, that's, that's what we do. I don't know how it happened that way, but, yeah. Anyways, so he calls me up and says, have you ever heard of Kurt Schilling? Now, me making fun of baseball as often as I can do, I, I can see. I mean, it makes sense why you said that. I don't hold it against you. But, well, uh, you know what? Let me go ahead and swing it to you to tell to tell this particular story of uh, social media justice. <laughs> well, so Kirk Schilling, former major league pitcher, he uh, all he did was on Twitter pretty much congratulated his daughter. Um, she's going to some college, and she will be pitching. So kind of like her dad. Running in the family. So, now, granted, he's famous for a big moment in uh, one of the World Series, had amazing performance. Where his foot was injured and he pitched with the and it was so bad that it, his foot bled, had a bloody sock, all that. For those who don't know that, there you go. We, oh, that explains that. So anyway, the uh, so there were some people that you know were congratulating her, like saying great job and uh, and uh, hope to and some people at the at the at the college were like we hope to see you around stuff like that. And then there were others. <laughs> and then there were the others. So. What happened is, is people were saying, people were saying they were using very, very vulgar language, and it was pretty much a lot of it was directed to Kurt Schilling. Like I think they sent him Twitter messages, and like they would tweet at him in reaction or response to this thing that was just an innocent congratulations, right? I mean, I think that's the best way to put it. I mean, I'm not. Yeah, I'll leave it at that. Go ahead. And the thing is, is there were two specific people that kind of in their yeah. He t- not well, t- kind of targeted, and uh, I don't want to know their names, but his, if you got their handles, I'll leave it at that. Thinking about it, there are these two guys. Now on Twitter, you get your face on the, uh, you get your face on each tweet. So, or, or your photo, whatever it is you put there. But yeah, there's one guy. I'll just say the sports guru, and there's another guy. Uh, I believe it was like Hollywood or something like that. So, but these are their Twitter handles, right? They were mentioning things uh, about, like, uh, in, in relation to the daughter, like rape, uh, some womanly. Uh, Let's put it this way. Kurt Schilling in the bloody sock, and somebody went there in reference to a young woman. And we'll just leave it at that. I think that's good. Yeah. And uh, dirty words, 
terrible language, and uh, it was just, you know, repulsive. Two-eyed crew would be like, what are you thinking? Yeah, so, <laughs> so what they did was, what Kurt Schilling did was he went on the Internet and did some research and, and tracked down who these guys were. So the thing about this is that, that you've got to keep in mind is that he did attach it on his blog. His blog is 38pitches.wordpress.com. Okay. He... Uh, and I'm glad you dropped the website because I want people to see what happened here. I'm going to look this up after the show myself just so I can see it happen. But go ahead, oh, Weasel. But pretty much uh, you have uh, the sports guru of Hollywood. He did his, his homework and found out who these people were. <laughs> One of them was a DJ, quote-unquote. Um, it's that. And the name's there, so Adam Nagel. No, and, no, no, no. His, I, I, I don't want to give him press. Just go to the well, site if you wish to shame this young man. I'm, so, I'm trying to, yeah, I'm not trying to do that. Pretty much, he found out like he's a DJ. He was a uh, on the radio station for one hour a week, and is it like at a community college or something? Um, it, Brooksdale, yes, yeah. community college. And so he was saying it's terrible, these vulgar things. Another guy, he was the vice president of a a fraternity. <laughs> oh uh, boy, that's Beta Psi. Yeah, and. I think he graduated, but last year, I think previously, he was a VP. Right. Now, Governor, vice president of, of a fraternity at that school. The thing that these guys got to live with right now is that, like, the name, the guy's name was out there, is that worker, like, uh, employers, well, they do research. Right. Well, let, before, before we break that down, so what happened is you got these <laughs> hate tweets, for lack of a better description. Shilling responds by going up on his website. He's like, oh, hey. These guys said this, by the way. Just so you know, it was these guys hiding behind these Twitter handles. Uh-huh. That's the gist of it. Okay, I'm just making sure I hear it right. Go ahead. So it's kind of, you look back as a, again, it's like, oh, man, that's great. You did that. Now, it was, you know, uh, all the ads, like, uh, you got a super dad award and stuff like that. <laughs> but um, in seriousness about that. To talk about both sides of that, it. In school nowadays, you know, before computers, before Twitter, before Facebook. Social media period. Right? It was, you talk trash to someone and uh, you can, you know, give them a call or something like that. But nowadays, everything's recorded. And yeah. he left a lot of links to people who, who were bullied, cyber bullied. And people, they kill themselves because of a lot of, a lot of kids and like uh, teenagers and stuff. Um, it doesn't stop a lot. They, a lot of people, a lot of kids get this, uh, this attention, and uh, it's so negative that people seriously, you know, take their lives. Well, right, so yeah, that's, that, I mean, that's that was aspect. so. One of the guys, uh, he got, he was a uh, Yankee ticket seller, and let's just say they they tracked down this. That they saw, ooh, Kurt Schilling's a blog or something, and that guy got fired from the Yankees. Uh, so these guys, it's going to follow them uh, for the rest of their lives, pretty much. But it's just that the thing was, is does anybody deserve that? Does anybody deserve to, to have that happen to them? And the thing about these guys is that, that stuff they're saying was just wrong. Terrible. Yeah. And so a lot of people, and that kind of too, saying yeah, they deserve it. So, and Sterling is now trying to say, like, you know, for this, the cyber attacks and stuff, like, you know, fight back type of thing, instead of letting it. Uh, Instead of being all bullied. bottled in, yeah, and it just multiplies and multiplies. So, so it was a 
quite an interesting father-daughter story. Yeah, I don't know. Chris, I mean, you're hearing about that I, I, maybe for the first time even here. I mean, go ahead and weigh, on it, weigh in on, on it real quick before I, uh, I say my piece here. Um, oh, there it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry, I don't mean, um, um, I don't, I don't know what to say about it. I'm just, I, I don't, I don't know. I'm just, I'm still debating. I'm gonna let you go ahead and then I'll. All right. <laughs> so, you see, since you're gonna demand the last word on my show, I guess I'll be a nice guy and let you have it. No, but, but what I, here's where I'm at. And we bring up a good point that this could be staple to every quote unquote job job application they fill out. The one guy who's uh, was a DJ at the uh, community college. Look, I mean, I have, there's a good friend of the show. One of the guys who got me started taking this sort of thing seriously, as, as, as I do, uh, perhaps you remember Tom Kernan. He was our first call-in guest ever on the Student of the Game. And uh, he, he was a DJ at a community college. And he did that because he was looking to seriously get into radio. This guy, I think, is looking to do the same thing. Here's what I'm getting at. If somebody's trying to be serious about doing that, and essentially, essentially being competition for us, anybody on NGSC Sports, or anybody else out there who's trying to do a good job at it and is instead opting to be a troll off of somebody who has nothing to do with sports news they're covering, pardon me if I think that's just, okay? This herd needs to be thinned because the competition is great. And if you're going to be that guy, get off my court and get out of here. It's not as big a crime as Gary Washburn throwing away his MVP vote just because he hates LeBron James, not by a long shot. This is a classless, baseless, humanless act that's just absolutely stupid. And where I also want to see it happen are people who come out against players, say the Kyle Williams of the world. You need a more current example? Brandon Bostick. Players who are getting death threats for making bad plays, unfortunate plays in football games in big moments. Look, kids. I got pissed off watching certain things happen with players, too. Death threats? No. But if these people who are doing that get exposed and there's actual consequences for doing it, maybe we'll see fewer, uh, how you say, teletronic tough guys out there. They're not really telephone tough guys. But, I, I mean, maybe so. Technically, all, all this is on their phone. They may be doing it, you know. I think they, they just had the thought that I could hide behind the internet. It's like. You could say stuff, but the thing about it is you, you still got your identity out there. Hey, yeah. Well, you so. know, what, what is it that, uh, that Chris Hart say, uh, uh, dad says about to learn today, okay? And those days, man, those days are gone where it's anonymous. And really the fact that it ever went to that base of level, I'm thankful that we're able to spot those people right now and get them out of the way and out of the, out of the arena, man. And, and moreover, let's take the radio thing out of for a minute. I, I don't look. I don't think you should ha- you should be able to hide behind your stuff because that's why all this bullying you were talking about takes place in the first place, Louise. Was because they can hide. Anyways, Chris, you got to put a bow. You're gonna put a bow on it. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, like you said, with with all these um, everything on Facebook, social media these days. Uh, like you said, if he's trying to make it big, he's not going to because all these corporations are doing like a character search first. They're going to people's Facebook pages. Um, social media pages and everything, and look and see what kind of character it is. They're going to do that before they even call for an interview, and you know, Google search their name and everything, and see what comes up. And 
oh, they're not they're not going to get further in their career with these on there because even if they try to delete it, it's still out there. You know, it's going to be somewhere out there even if they delete it. So, I mean, it's, it's how how bad social media gets with the cyberbullying and everything. It's and people are going to learn, and it's it's just going to come back uh, full 360 on them, and there's there's no place for it at all. Hey man, I'll agree that I'll, I'll agree with that 100%. I mean, you know, it, it's different if it's you know you, me, or Weasel like joking with each other, or whatever. But when it's in the public forum, that changes the game. Bottom line. And by the way, if you're dumb enough to do that to a celebrity and take that risk. That's on you. Now, granted, maybe there's somebody out here who's an attention hound, but, you know, that, I mean, I don't even want to get into that whole psychological situation. I already have enough psychological issues having seen what the Niners are doing, apparently, with this, uh, with the uh, free agency uh, starting to begin. Actually, tomorrow is when free agency officially begins. Four o'clock is when players can begin signing uh, signing contracts and stuff with um, with teams and the like. So yeah, let's get right into it, man. We we have so much on the board. First of all, already retirements are being talked about in the 49er franchise. Both Justin Smith and Patrick Willis, two central figures of the 49ers defense. Um, I'll ask the question: Which first of all, which do you find to be a bigger deal? And you know. You know, between one and ten, Weasel, how big an impact is this? Well, for Patrick Willis, uh, yeah, he's, I think, pretty much said he's retiring. He's 30. Yeah. And uh, comparing that to uh, Justin Smith, the defensive end, that guy's 35. Yeah. So he's kind of up there in age, and you can get some young guys out there. But um, so Patrick Willis, I think, more so right. is the, the big deal. But uh, a bright side for the, the 49ers is that, the rookie last year, um, the guy Portland, Portland, yes, not he, Portland, Borland, Borland. There we go. Yeah. So he replaced him last year when I think mean, um, Willis was injured. Yes. Did and so job. he played like I think the second half of the season. Absolutely. He did. He did great. So that's a bright spot for them. So there's hope. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, you know, there, there's a lot going on where they're allegedly going to get Navarro Bowman back. I mean, I say allegedly because Goodless only knows how whole he is after that disgusting injury he had i guess it's two post seasons ago now you know uh, it's a rough situation yeah they're going to be getting darnell docket from the cardinals possibly to fill the justin smith role but weasel i would say <clears throat> filling justin smith's uh role is going to be far more difficult because you, you cited Boylan already they got bowman ahmad brooks alden smith they got a lot of guys who can still take care of that uh, but a lot of that started with Justin Smith up front being versatile enough to be moved to the D-tackle, D-N positions, and, and create a whole lot of havoc. Um, yeah, he's he's up there in football years. It made sense he retired. Honestly, I thought he was going to do it last year. But, you know, that's, uh, that's that whole situation there. But the hits just keep on coming in the Bay Area there in San Francisco. Mikey Upati also out, rumored to be going to the Cardinals now. They've already been talking about the situation with the O-line. You know, look, they, they, they had uh, to start Jonathan Martin at the right tackle position last year. Um, Adam Snyder was uh, someone else uh, they had in there, too. 
uh, Boone, Alex Boone, the the guard as well. He he was a uh, I believe it was he or Snyder that had a um, that was had a contract discussion. Uh, he he held out of camp for a bit, that sort of thing. Their O line has been shaky. Eve Potty has been the he and Joe Staley have been the gold standard. Now Eve Potty's gone. Staley's up there in years. That O line is looking to be a problem, Chris. I'm concerned. Am I right? Yes, yes, you are right. <laughs> it sucks to yeah, be. They, 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 they had their struggle last year, and I was like, oh, they'll put together when the boom comes back because he was under, you know, he was a holdout on the contract. Um, losing Ayapati is gonna gonna really hurt them. Um, new new offensive scheme um, is gonna be a little. I mean, if they if they go with an offensive scheme, I know every time you bring in a new coach, you know, they bring in their own players, especially when Roman left to go up to the Bills. So they'll bring in a new scheme. I mean, it could help them out. I mean, they could see who's available in free agent, maybe try to get through the draft like they did a few years ago um, to help solidify that when they um, when they drafted the first two picks for offensive linemen. They, I mean, but they, they have needs everywhere else. But, I mean, with the Willis, Willis and um, Smith issue, Smith is a bigger uh, him retiring hurts them a little more because of the rookie play last year um, from Borman. And Willis came off an injury. He's probably not back 100% from that injury, so that's why I think he's deciding to retire. Um, I, you know, that's the way that's the way it should be. You know, he wants to enjoy life. He doesn't probably want to go through this physical pain again or whatever. But, but I think Smith is the harder, you know, the more since he's solidified that spot so long there on that defense. Yeah, I definitely see all that too. Um, I, I, I mean, the defensive side, I'm not that worried about. Um, Coach Tom Sala filling in for Jim Harbaugh, not Tom Sala. His last name is Tom Sala. I, I, I mean, how do you, I, I don't even know. But uh, he was a, a member of that coaching staff previously. He's coming in. I don't think the defensive scheme will be that much different. But I'm very curious what they're going to do to the offense because on top of these uh, linemen issues, Michael Crabtree is also likely to be out. The writing's on the wall. And then it's rumored also that Frank Gore is going to be going to the Eagles in that Chip Kelly offense. Um, Weasel, let me, let me go, to, go to you on that. Yeah. Do you, I mean, uh, weigh it in on me. First of all, I, I, I don't think – I'm not shocked Gore is leaving. I can't say I'm shocked Crabtree is leaving. I think it would be – more difficult to replace Gore, question mark, but at least they have a candidate inside, Weasel. I think with uh, the thing about Gore, the guy's 31 now, and uh, I, I just remember a lot of the times, and it wasn't really that much, I would think, uh, looking back, but that he's gotten, he's been, he's been injured a lot, and then he, a lot of them he keeps playing and stuff. But one thing that I was like, huh, about is that in his eight of his 10 seasons, he's had 1,000 plus yards. And uh, so, uh, replacing him, I mean, I think they have a, they have a young guys in the back there. Carlos so, Hyde for one. Yeah, so uh, I think they'll be all right. But one thing about the Eagles got is that you got Frank Gore for a three-year deal, $7.5 million in the first two years. That's a bargain. And that's, yeah, that's relatively inexpensive, Aubrey. And it's certainly not what you would expect to pay for, say, DeMarco Murray, certainly. And so, uh, if anything... Uh, him going to the Eagles, he could uh, be a like a mentor for uh, a younger running back. So 
part of a committee, I mean, once again, he's used to that as well. Uh, the good news for Crabtree is there's talks that Tory Smith is out in Baltimore and a lot of talks surrounding the, reun- the reunification of Anquan Bolden and Tory Smith. I think that's a huge deal. If they can make Joe Flacco look good, maybe there's hope for Cap after all. Okay, maybe not. I don't know. The, the Ravens also had a better O-line than they do now uh, in 2012 when they did win the Super Bowl. And as much as Tory Smith coming in is nice, I don't protect Colin Kaepernick any better. And uh, last little thing I want to hit on, out of the 49ers' front office, uh, well, not out of their front office, but rumors have risen that um, Colin Kaepernick is being shopped to the Buffalo Bills. Of course, course, Trent Baalke, GM, he has uh, disputed saying that these are just absolutely ridiculous. This is not – last time he denied a rumor was regarding – allegedly having trade offers out there for Jim Harbaugh to the Browns. And we all saw how that ended up. So that's the only reason why there's credibility here. It's kind of like the flake gate. We're only, we only talked about it because Spygate happened. I'm just saying. And Spygate is kind of funny. They're like, yeah, um, we burned the, all the videos. So, yeah. <laughs> Oops. They were lost in a fire in my backyard. <laughs> for things like this, the, the NFL fans want to know. And then they're like, oh, no, no, nothing, nothing was on him. You know, we just, just thought we'd burn him. You know what's scary about that is you said the NFL fans want to know. It's kind of like inquiring minds want to know, mm-hmm. which is the tagline, or at least used to be for, like, you know, a, a, a supermarket rag known as the Inquirer, which leads me to the fact that TMZ Sports is a thing, and that bothers me. But that's a different topic. Chris, put a bow on the 49ers. Yeah, um... It- with all these players leaving and everything, you know, last year they were talking about how bad the locker room was over there with Jim Harbaugh and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, with them going in, with them going inside and hiring, it just shows how bad the locker room was. And it might not have been John, Jim Harbaugh. It could have been the whole um, coaching staff there. So, I mean, they were saying, no, they hired him because he's a player's, you know, it's like a player's coach. He's there for everyone. But, I mean, look at all the players leaving, deciding to retire a little early and, uh, they can't hold on to their free agents because they're they're bolting. I mean, so there's there's a bigger issue than just on the field right out there in San Francisco. That you got to look at. Maybe I mean that's an interesting concept, but I'll tell you this: um, if they're hoping for that culture to change, hiring a guy like Tom Sula again, not saying that he's a bad coach. Honestly, I don't know. The jury's still kind of out for me, but um, he's somebody who was a member of that camp previously. They hired from within, as you said. And if they're looking for a culture change, to me, hiring a guy that was a member of the staff previously doesn't really work to bring in a fresh perspective. I mean, you know, just just from a philosophical point of view, it seems – I don't even know a better way to put it. Go ahead. then you gotta remember he he was there even before Hallball. He was he was there under um under I think the two previous coaching staff he was there. Singletary and Mike Nolan. Right. So I think he's one of Nolan's hires. And he's never been a head coach ever anywhere. So I mean that just that, that just throws a turmoil right there. Everything you're hiring, you know, you want a culture change, but then you hire a coach that doesn't have head coaching experience. So well, and I guess when you put it that way, perhaps 
perhaps there's an advantage to hiring a guy with no quote unquote coaching head coaching experience that um how you say that 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 may, maybe he'll bring in that fresh perspective or that's what that that's what they're hoping for who knows but uh that or they're hoping for the next two first round draft picks or a lot next two drafts yeah well i mean look, <laughs> there's, there's there's the culture change <laughs> you heard me say it after the thing either before either the week before or the Monday after the Thanksgiving game, uh, the Niners are going to miss the threat playoffs for at least the next three years and possibly up to the next five. And I'm sticking to that. Um, they got to show me a lot more or have some amazing drafts upcoming, which, hey, depending on what, based on what you're saying, could happen. So, yeah, this is, uh, this is ungood for the 49ers. Unless Kurt Warner had some magic potion to give Cap in the offseason, and he improves to... Andrew Luck levels, there's going to be a problem in San Francisco. I'm, I'm just saying. That division and everything. It's, uh, I think we're going to know how Weasel feels as a Vikings fan. Oh, okay, maybe not that bad. <laughs> At any rate, another team that's been through a lot of changes, I thought we could start off with them before we hit the break. The Eagles, uh, receiving Frank Gore, also shipped off their previous top running back, one LaShawn McCoy in exchange for Kiko Alonso of the Bills. Now, if I remember correctly, at least two of us on this panel had Kiko Alonso as the uh, Defensive Rookie of the Year two years ago. Um, and, yeah, first of all, the trade, Weasel, you dig it? Yeah, I dig it. It's, uh, it's the only thing is, is that uh, um, McCoy has had problems. Uh, not Colt McCoy, this is... Uh, this is LaShawn McCoy. LaShawn McCoy. But no one's talking about Colt McCoy anymore. LaShawn but. McCoy, though, well, he's had... He's had problems with the concussion. Oh, that's where you get Colt and McCoy from. My bad. At least, no, too. 2012 and I think 2000, I believe it was 14. Or, I think you had one last year, too. Yeah. yeah. So I think there's about, like, I think uh, at least two, which is not good. Mm-hmm. But um, he went over and they did restructure his contract, not contract, five year, 40 million. Which, for this day and age, for a running back in his situation, he got overpaid, I, well, but I would argue you have to get overpaid in Buffalo if you want to keep a player. Yeah, now uh, he is guaranteed first contract to make twenty six point five million. That's a lot. But what's a lot is that uh, he's going to make sixteen million this season. So I think uh, with uh, contracts like this and uh, other players, it's like, dude, you received like a fifteen million dollars signing bonus. You received this amount of money, and then you're whining about being paid like you know three million. Later on in the deal, there are different players that do that, but well, like remember the money in the beginning. That's, yeah, that's don't, part of the contract. Don't forget the front-loaded contract, right? Well, and I mean, it, it's a situation, and first of all, I get why they're front-loading it. <clears throat> they're paying him while he's productive, so if later on, let's say that number become, goes from at least two to five, in concussions. Not, not, I hope that doesn't happen. No one wants that to happen. It probably won't happen because I would assume he would retire before then. But um, if that happens, um, then they get they, they could be in a better position to uh, part with his contract and not have it affect the cash space so much. Um, Chris, your thoughts on the exchange? All right. Well, well, it it works out for both teams because I mean. The Eagles last year when um, they they lost D'Amico Ryan's injury, their defense fell apart right there in the year, and that's why that's why they didn't make the playoffs. So they want they want to get a they got a young linebacker, and really uh, Chip Kelly's offense with Sean McCoy, they were an eye to eye. 
Um, they were Lashawn McCoy is more of an every down back, and then with the addition of Darren Sproles' speed, you, yeah. you saw uh, Lashawn McCoy's touches go down, and so you know he wasn't happy and everything like that. I mean, still averaged pretty decent, still you know good enough. And then with him going to the Bills with Rex Ryan over there, Rex Ryan's more of a ground and pound. He wants that running back. And LaShawn McCoy is going to get his carries. He's going to get the ball given to him outside, you know, on little screen and dump passes, you know, when they get the mismatch with the linebackers. And, I mean, Rex Ryan, he does defense. Yeah, he doesn't like to give up defense players. But, you know, when free agency hits, he might be, you know, some of those Jets defensive players he always liked. Their free agents might be leaving and coming over to, um, to the Bills as well. So I think he has that in his pocket. That's why he was able to give up a linebacker to get a running back because C.J. Spiller was out the door already anyway. Well, let's call all that what it is, my man. Their defense wasn't exactly bad last year. And if you're looking at it from the Bills' perspective, they might be gambling on LaShawn McCoy, but they're parting with a player who's recovering from an ACL injury. And when teams get rid of players like, that, like this that are quote-unquote risky – I, it makes me feel like they know something we don't. Their team doctors see this or, you know, some aspect of they ain't what they used to be. I can't tell you exactly what it is because I don't read minds, but you can't help but think that since their doctors are actually looking at them. And you mentioned D'Amico Ryan's being hurt for the Eagles. Honestly, that was the last straw, too, because Michael Kendricks got hurt. Uh, Fletcher, Fletcher Cox, their defensive tackle, he got hurt. They all basically only had Trent Cole up front, and they didn't have a whole lot else going on on that defense. I mean, they, they, they needed to upgrade that defense, add some depth. depth. Kiko Alonso obviously does that. And, you know, not for nothing, um, the addition of Byron Maxwell from the uh, NFC champion Seattle Seahawks, formerly across from Richard Sherman, couldn't hurt things any. You know, have someone out there to try and protect against the uh, the aerial attack as well. I can't I can't front on that either. I mean, look, if we were going to pick a weak spot for the Eagles, it certainly wouldn't have been defense, mostly because of injury like Chris cited, but they did address that. However, last offseason they got rid of Deshaun Jackson. Guess what? The other receiver now, he's out as well. Jeremy Macklin to, Kansas, to the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm sure they extended Mark Sanchez. I'm sure someone's excited about that. I just don't know who other than Mark Sanchez. But um, bigger wound to the Eagles franchise, parting with Macklin or keeping Sanchez? Weasel. <laughs> uh, yeah. You got, yeah, Macklin. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and look, you got to give it to the Chiefs for making the move. After having a receiver core that, that scored fewer touchdowns than J.J. Howatt and the same amount of touchdowns, as you are, the uh, same amount of touchdowns as you or I in the NFL, Weasel, I, I dig, I dig Chiefs, the Chiefs getting him. I'm wondering how the Eagles will account for it. I don't know if you see something yourself, uh, Chris. I mean, you being a Giants fan, the Eagles being one of the rivals. I think you're a happier man today seeing Macklin go to Kansas. Yeah, yeah I mean, I mean, it, it, it's, it's really Chip Kelly came from the Pac-10. So, I mean, it, it's more of that's why the Sanchez, he has that love for Pac-10, and he hates the SEC for all the benefits he gets. He's still that college coach, even though he's in the NFL. So, I mean, they, every, every conference hates the SEC of all the publicity they get. Oh, their best conference is that. And he's a Pac-10 one, so that's why he goes after those Pac-10 receivers. And Jeremy Macklin with the Missouri, which, who, which is an SEC school. 
Fair enough. Well, we've made our way through two of the biggest teams affected, and free agency ain't even officially till tomorrow at 4 o'clock. whole lot of stuff going on there. But for now, we got to hit a break. You're listening to the Student of the Game on NGSC Sports. <laughs> You know, you know what the mess part, messed up part about all that is? is? Is I actually hit the button for an Offspring song, and it did that. Yeah. I'm going to have to look over. No, dude, I'll show it to you right here. I had hit that set up by Offspring. I'm just saying. And then it's like, train, what the bleep is that? No, right. I don't know. Don't judge me, Weasel. I can, I can see, you, this is radio, not TV, but if you saw the look that Weasel gave me, he was judging me. Something's weird. <laughs> nodding up. Yeah, I'm judging you. Train? Really? I don't know. Anyways, of course, I'm Kyle Nash, the scene of the game, here with Steven Weasel Hurley. Weasel, weasel. Yeah, boy. There you go, back again. And of course, joining us as well, Chris Rankin. Um, you're not going to judge me about the, the train song, are you? No, I, I was like a little shocked. I'm like, where the heck did this song come from? I guess you got to make it up for Weasel next week and play like a DMX or something. Just <laughs> a break. <laughs> Hold on. Let me get the iTunes store up here. I'll get some dang DMX. Let's bring it. Anyway. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's awesome. Speaking of all sorts of craziness going on, we are not limited to those two teams. A whole lot going on in the uh, in the football realm. Uh, on my notes here, I specifically specifically have cited the AFC East. A lot of movement here. Um, we did touch on the AFC West. Most of that connected to the Cardinals and 49ers at this point. Um, we did mention, of course, the Seahawks party with Byron Maxwell, for example. And uh, the St. Louis Rams did part ways with left tackle Jake Long. Uh, but moving forward, Let's go ahead and go to it. The New England Patriots, your Super Bowl champions, maybe it's not a surprise because this usually happens to Super Bowl champs. A lot of situations going on with their current roster. We'll open with what could be the good news. Devin McCourty, their safety, retained by the Patriots. I guess that's a good thing. I, I mean... Uh, I don't know, Weasel. What do you got? Devin McCourty? Yeah. Well, one thing I do have is uh, this, the uh, the contract. And uh, is he worth it? Five year, 47.5 mil. And uh, let's see. And it looks like the signing bonus is going to be about $15 million, And I think $5 million of that will be in March, 13, March 31st, 2016. So he's got a front-loaded contract. Um, otherwise, it's going to be like 2.5 million a year, 4.5, 6.5. So they didn't really, you know, break the bank for the guy. But um, you know, I think it was good for uh, both the Patriots and for McCordy. Uh, so yeah, I mean, the, the Pats aren't famous for breaking the bank, which is part of the reason that they are going to. That last week, I should say that this is hard for me. I, I have a problem with it. <laughs> because I've dubbed him in my writing uh, during the past season in the matchup mania as 
the world's fastest immovable object, Vince Wilfork, their defensive tackle. Uh, basically, not basically, he was released from the team. Um, but they keep Devin McCourty, but they get rid of Vince Wilfork. And his heir apparent, not currently there in my mind. And, of course, the hits just keep on coming when you realize that not only has Darrell Revis been declined the $20 million option that the Patriots had for him, Patriots could still pick him up, but they've also said that Brandon Browner, the other corner, can shop around. Chris, okay, re-signing Devin McCourty is great, but losing these three guys, I mean, these, these three are the main reason why that defense was good last year, right? Is it just me or what? No, I was I was actually going to bring that up. I meant to bring it up a couple weeks ago after the Super Bowl of with the Patriots, um, with them winning the Super Bowl. They they had some good corners in the past. When last the three that they won, I mean, when you had Ty Law and Asante Samuel on those for those three Super Bowls, and then now this Super Bowl they had Browner and Revis, and you know they're gonna if they lose all three. I mean you know they're gonna be losing. They already lost Wilfred. So, you know, you have Rex Ryan, he's loading up with LaShawn McCoy. You know, he's going he's gonna to draft with, for an offensive line to block. But there, you could just run all over that Patriots defense now. Um, so if I was, you know, you need to get a different defensive tackle there because, well, you couldn't run on Wolfark. You had to run outside the tackles and everything. So with that, now, now besides running, it opens up the passing game, and then you don't have any shutdown corners to open up the passing game, to shut down the passing game. So, I mean, they're, they're going to be hurting next year, I think, with the AFC East, especially with the moves the Bills have been making. Well, and let me, let, me, let me add this intriguing concept to you then, Chris. What about you talking about Rex Ryan being in that division and looking to scoop up former Jets? Why can't he scoop up a former Patriot? I mean, I'm sure Vince Wilfork already has all sorts of red, white, and blue clothing. If he goes to the Bills, you know. Not that far off. I'm trying to tell you. I don't know. What, what, what do you think? You're the Jets fan on the panel. Yeah, I mean he he probably he probably could because he he would fit in that um that defense over there that uh, Rex Ryan likes to run. He likes to run that three four, so they do need a big defensive tackle for that. Um, hmm. The Bills did Bills have uh, Mario Williams at defensive end because they did switch to a four three. Correct. Um, I believe with Mar- with Mario Williams, and then also they just resigned their other defensive end uh, Hughes. Uh, today they restructure his contract and re-sign him, so they still got both of their defense ends. So um, with you know adding Will Fork, if they go with a four-three or if they go back to a three-four, you know Mario Williams will be an outside linebacker. Um, they will need a defensive tackle that could fit there. That's what basically the Jets were missing there a little bit was a um, big presence of defensive tackle. So with him going to the Bills with his defense, I mean it's it's. Uh, it's possible that he can try going after us, try to work a deal, but um, the way the Bills have been making moves, I don't know if they're going to be able to afford um, <laughs> too many more players. I don't know. Well, I know one team in the AFC East that isn't going to get Vince Wilfork because they've already claimed their money somewhere else. And because just like I promised Weasel I would download it, I think it would be appropriate to play it here as we talk about this individual. And Dominican Sue with the Miami Dolphins. So you're the weasel bobbing his head. He's all up with it. What? Woo! <laughs> so seriously, and Dominican Sue, boys. Um, 
Let, let's go ahead and start with it, because Weasel, being Weasel and wanting to uh, agitate me, as he does throughout the years, playfully, of course, $114 million, $60 million guaranteed. Let's put it this way. We said early on that if someone was to acquire Dominican Sue, that he'd have to get J.J. Watt money. He got J.J. Watt money. And then some. And then some. Thank you, Weasel. Well played. Um, first of all, the cap hell that the Dolphins are already in, very concerning. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's uh, you know, one of the best defensive tackles in the league. And uh, the thing is, the guy, he's not like you're uh, a role model that you, you'd want for the kids <laughs> to look after. The thing is, the guy, <laughs> the guy, oh, speaking of the bill, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the guy stepped on, uh, some, I think someone's face, someone's face, someone's stepped on an arm, someone's stepped on an ankle. Well, I guess that was a kick and not a step, but I think about him is that uh, he never uh, fesses up to it, he's always got an excuse. But see, what happened was this proves that hey, if you got talent. You uh, you still get paid. Well, I mean, look, uh, let's call it what it is. He 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 would fit in an older uh, era of football too. Like you know, let's say uh, the seventies. You know, he could have been uh, a Steeler player. That makes sense too. That was a tough group. I mean, one of the guys was named Mean Joe Green. I mean, I'm trying to tell you. You know, he could have been. Uh, and some would argue, say he would fit better as an old-time Raider uh, uh, with his uh, quote-unquote style of play. But the truth of the matter be this. He is among the top defenders, defensive players, I should say, in the league. Um, I think uh, also you got to look at is uh, the Dolphins' off- uh, defensive line. So they have, a, they have two other guys that, uh, is it, I think, Wake? Cameron Wake, very good. And uh, got the other guy. Pro Bowls. Both guys were in the Pro Bowl. I didn't realize I had two defensive Pro Bowlers on the line. Check that down. Well, what I'm trying to get at is Cameron Waken and Dom Kinsu is a hell of a front. I'll give you that, Weasel. They can retain Brent Grimes. Got decent coverage going on there. Their linebacker core is meh, but not terrible. I mean, I don't know if they'll be able to retain Danelle Ellerby, for example, but um, I'm... They needed much more than a defensive tackle, and they spent a lot of money for just that. They still need more offensive line to properly protect Tannehill. They need receivers because they just basically, you know, had a fire sale on them recently. I, I, I mean, Jarvis Landry's great, but, you know, I'm just saying, their best running back. Yeah. Who's that? Exactly. Maybe they'll make a move Lamar on. Miller. Devon Miller? Okay. Uh, Lamar Miller? Um, okay, that's great, but maybe they'll make a move on DeMarco Murray. Oh, wait, they can't. They're in cap hell. So, yeah. And uh, that, the, the two uh, Pro Bowls, yeah. Well, Sue and it would be uh, Cameron Lake. So, uh, so here's what they've done. They've completely crushed their team and have committed the cardinal sin of paying Indomitian Sue, a guy who's, how you say, a less than upright citizen, over a poster boy of the NFL who also happens to be a better player. Now, in other situations, I would be rightly torqued and talk all sorts of schmack and lose and you know lose all sorts of control and be angry and all that other stuff. But there's another factor here. The salary cap 
is due to go up very shortly. And I think that's the reason why Sue got a pay increase. And don't worry. J.J. will get his when his next contract comes up. I'm just saying. Probably as a tight end for the Chiefs because they're the ones that score the touchdown. But anyway, that's just never going to get old. Uh, <laughs> keeping, it in the, um, keeping it in the AFC East, uh, the Jets make an acquisition uh, that would cause dismay and discourse in the Hurley household. Brandon Marshall. UCF zone. Life is very, very sad. To the New York Jets. Have you given her hugs yet? Yeah, of course. Is she going to make it? Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah I'm she'll sure. make it. Okay. She'll make it. But because between... Will Marshall make it? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Just, you know, their quarterback situation is just... I don't think he's going to like it, because uh, Marshall, he... Uh, with, when, actually, when he was with Denver, I believe. Correct. With Cutler. Um, I had 22 catches or something like that in one game. That's correct. And now... Uh, He'll have 21 targets a game. But <laughs> see how Geno Smith or whoever their quarterback's going to be. Maybe they want to trade up for the Garoppolo guy. Whoa, whoa. But check it out, Weasel. All is not lost for the Jets. I've heard they're targeting Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> yeah, buddy. He's smart, though. Chris, are you scared yet? You should be. <laughs> they, they, still, they still don't have a quarterback that can turn the ball downfield. <laughs> they haven't had one since before the Rex Ryan era. Wow. I, I think uh, he's going to get frustrated. Well, I, I mean, yeah, uh, but I'll say this. For all the people that, that thought Eric Decker isn't a number one receiver, which I'll admit I'm a member of that camp, I don't necessarily think he's a bad receiver like other people on the show, right, Weasel? But, but, um, but I think he's good enough to certainly be a wingman for Brandon Marshall, hello. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with that. By the way, it'll be interesting. Well, <laughs> I mean, he doesn't leave the East himself. It'll be interesting to see Marshall and Revis uh, face off once again. That'll be nice. But, I mean, the Jets are such a project. I mean, I think it's inevitable that frustration happens. I mean, they're in a situation, the Jets, where it's not like they can trade up to get another quarterback. They still have Geno, you know. And, oh, well, don't forget Michael Vick. Yeah, whatever. I go, uh, what the, what's the new guy going to think? Like, uh, a lot of times I think coaches come in and they're like, you're going you're gonna to be leaving <laughs> to, like, a certain, like, a starter, like a quarterback or something like yeah, that. Yeah. So I don't know how he feels about Geno, but I think he's had about a year and a half experience, I believe. Ish. I mean, he, he did have a lot of injuries, but we'll call it his team. But, uh, yeah. but he's gotten some playing time, so that's a decision they're going to have to make. So For me, uh, the jury is still out on Geno. He did better than he should have as a rookie, and he had a few fleeting moments as a sophomore, but did definitely slump. Um, I think, you know, just as it is for a lot of young quarterbacks, who the jury is still out upon, um, the third year decides it all. Unless you're Andy Dalton, then you just remain confused. <laughs> but um, I don't know, man. Yeah, really uh, good old Andy Dalton. Uh, one touchdown in four playoff games. Wow, that's some hate right there. Two of them, two of them against the great J.J. Watt. Actually, see, he does have more than one touchdown pass. Fortunately, one of them was J.J. Watt. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, that was the moment. That was the moment when I learned the name J.J. Hawat. 
Other people may have learned it in Wisconsin, but whatever. At any rate, um, you know, another big release here that I thought was intriguing is the Texans cutting Andre Johnson. Um, yeah. I, uh-oh. I, I, I'll, take, I'll take that one. I, I got this. Go ahead, Weasel. All right, so 12 seasons. He's been with the Texans. Correct. Now, uh, seven, out of, seven out of 12 seasons, 1,000-plus yards. And uh, he did, like, leave in very good terms. So he's going to... He's going to have, like, a chip on his shoulder and fire and stuff. Right, and remember, fire and stuff with him. By the way, remember last year he was already talking about wanting to leave. He ended up playing out his contract. But continue. Word is, is that Texans coach Bill O'Brien said that, oh, Andre, well, yeah, you're only going to get, like, at most about 40 passes next season. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> and then, so, I mean, he, he's like, he doesn't get it. So, it's like, his view is that, um, Andre Johnson's view is that, uh, you know, wanted to give him, like, a lesser role, and he thinks, you know, he could still be productive. So I don't he's think he's going to break the bank. So I think he would be a good, uh, like, a veteran pickup. I agree. Is he still going to beat you down the field on every play? No, certainly not. He's 12 years in, and like you said, Weasel. But, <clears throat> okay, <laughs> let's play a game. Name some of the quarterbacks who have thrown to Andre Johnson. Weasel. Well, now that I guess now. Brian Mallett. See. Matt Schaub. Schaub. Yeah, he was for, for a good while. TJ Yates. Matt Leinert. Case Keenum. Do you see where I'm going with all of this? Yeah. Is it, these are not. Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Thank you, Chris. You beat me to the punch. <laughs> it's quite possible that the best quarterback to throw him past is Harvard's very own Ryan Fitzpatrick. And we, pe- we people want to try to tell me that Andre Johnson is the bitter man. If he has even a mid-level quarterback, I'm going to say I'm going to say Eli Manning or above. He has the potential to be a Hall of Fame receiver. Think about it. It's just, I think he's going to hopefully because I think the guy did make. I think he went through like a ninety million dollar contract or something like that. Texans paid him pretty well. Oh, yeah, he was making $10 million at one point. So, I think he was due 12 this year. I think uh, if he's getting like in the 4 or $5 million range or something like that, um, I mean, I think you should go to a contender because you're at the Texans. Give me a suggestion. Well. So what do you got? Uh, let's see. Well, Eagles say I think uh, they can maybe use them. Interesting. And uh, Chiefs got – they already uh, signed Macklin, but uh, that's like – he's a – Andre Johnson's a major – Better presence. What do you so. think of him? Now, granted, this may not happen, and they did recently. Uh, they are in talks with the Broncos, Orlando Franklin, on the offensive line to improve that. But Philip Rivers and Andre Johnson. Yeah, I mean, Philip Rivers did lose uh, Vincent Jackson, and uh, a few years. Keenan Allen yeah. has, you know, Keenan Allen is very good. Yeah, he is pretty good and stuff. But it could, I, I could see him going there, maybe with Oakland and Derek Carr. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, something else very interesting, uh, Julius Thomas officially not a Bronco as well, going to Jacksonville to be Blake Bortles' tight end, joining that young and up-and-coming group. Um, I, think, I think they're slowly becoming a very scary threat. Um, they have good receivers, in my opinion, certainly a serviceable core to move, serviceable core to move forward with, but, um, uh, Chris, I'll ask you this. 
Are they like the Cowboys in that they're one good line, offensive line draft away from being a playoff contender? Uh, yeah, the offensive line. Also, um, running backs are questionable there, too, uh, for Jacksonville. Okay. So, um, I'd say, yeah, if they have an offensive line with, with their the draft they had last year with Allen Robinson and uh, Marquis Lee with the receivers, um, I think CS3, they parted ways with him. Yeah. So, um, so bringing in uh, Julius Thomas, you know, help, help with the tight end because you know they they Mercedes Lewis wasn't hasn't been himself in the last four years. Um, I went to the game. I went to the game last year. He's open, still dropping. He drops passes. Um, so to give that other threat, the tight end threat, um, it's going to help. They they do need an offensive line. They need a bad. Uh, hopefully they'll get through that through the draft. But um, weighing in with the Andre Johnson thing, um, this just kind of solidifies that the Texans are going after a receiver up there in, in their pick. They're, they're, I mean, they're losing Andre Johnson. They haven't really done anyone else in the free agents. They don't have anyone else. All they got is like the Andre Hopkins, the receiver. So they're going to try going after one of those top receivers in the draft. Hey, DeAndre and Hopkins, just, guy, man. <laughs> and and if Andre if Andre Johnson. If Andre Johnson does what? I think you I think you I think you touched the knee button by mistake again. Isn't that familiar, Weasel? <laughs> I don't know. Well maybe we'll get Chris back here in a second. But um let's put it this way. I, I like where he was going in terms of the whole situation. If DeAndre Hopkins is their only option, yeah, I mean they're obviously gonna be a run first team. Owen Daniels jumped ship last year to become a Raven. Uh, in his twilight years, he's our, he's currently a free agent. Could be a good second tight end option somewhere at this point in his career. Um, but the most interesting thing for me is the situation with uh, the situation with um, the Colts. Would Andre Johnson become a Colt? Because recent parting ways with Reggie Wayne, would they have the money to bring in an Andre Johnson to supplement? That would be scary for me. Chris, are you back, brother? That's, yeah, yeah, that's that's what I was getting to. If he really, before my phone cut out, was if he really wanted to stick it to the Texans in part ways, just take a pay cut and go over to the Colts. I mean, they just uh, didn't re-sign Reggie Wayne, so X with that Miami Hurricane and uh, bring in Andre Johnson, who else was a uh, Hurricane as well. And you got Andre Johnson as your possession receiver with T.Y. Hilton as your deep threat. I mean, it's give Andrew Luck another sure hands receiver on that core. I mean, they're still going to be they're going to be dangerous. Then, so if I was Andre Johnson, I'd look at that and maybe try to take a pick. I'd try to get in to a Super Bowl with a team. And I mean, you know, the Col- Colts might be it right there. And he can stick it back to the Texans as well twice a year. I mean, I've heard worse ideas. I mean, if he's playing the Texans twice a year, that's 200-yard games guaranteed unless J.J. Watt sacks the quarterback constantly. What's going to happen? Just saying. Anyway, because J.J. Watt, what? Don't, don't judge me, Weasel. I got you. I would rather you judge me about Train than about liking J.J. Watt. And just so you'll stop judging me about Train, there you go. What? Again. <laughs> You're welcome, Weasel, because I like you. Even though you were late today, but that's different. Anyway, <laughs> 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 stop it. 
I'll play it after the show, I promise. <laughs> um, at any rate, the last the thing I want to wrap up here is our final topic for the show this evening. DeMarco Murray, not yet promised to a team. Now, I'll grant, they still got until 4 o'clock tomorrow until it all officially actually starts. But, um, I mean, is it as simple as the fact that he's asking for too much money? I think it would be uh, asking for too much money. It's, uh, the thing is, I mean, the guy was number one last year in the, in the running yards. But I think what teams, they, uh, uh, they're going to look at, and uh, it says something about the, uh, the coaches for Dallas, is that Murray, he had 497 touches last year. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. That's a lot. He got beat up out there, yep. but the guy produced. And uh, so, with that, with him, I mean, it's going to kind of be kind of like a uh, incentive leading contract. That's, that's what I think a team should give him, because um, it's kind of like they're just hoping it's not like a, a Chris Johnson where he has this monster season and then just drops. You mean like a Chris Johnson or a Larry Johnson or a Sean Alexander or a Curtis Martin, to name a few examples. But yet LaShawn McCoy gets five years and five whatever million dollars. I've said it before, but uh, I think DeMarco Murray. Here he goes, Chris. And then Adrian Peterson, who's in the talks. Uh, he has uh, top five teams. I think his dad's like his spokesman or something for him. Or tries to be. Top five teams, one of them which is, is the Cardinals. So I think uh, uh, he would go there, or I think he would be a good fit in Dallas, hometown. Pop quiz, Chris. If Adrian Peterson goes to the Cowboys, Weasel will buy an Adrian Peterson jersey. <laughs> true, true, he will. He'll still buy it. Oh, he called you out. I already got two Peterson jerseys. Yeah, but you'll buy one with the Cowboys on it, though. Nah, no, I don't think so. I think I think a man will buy one for you, maybe. Uh, a Jets uh, uh, Brandon Marshall jersey. It's enough that it's the Jets. Now it's like, Brandon Marshall is like, ugh. Wow. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> That's what you like to see between your co-hosts. Good old-fashioned bitterness. Boom. H-A-T-E-E-E-E-E. Oh, Lord. Did you just come up with I like it. Yeah. I like it a lot. Well, <laughs> on this hateful note, we'll go ahead and wrap up the show. Of course, you can find us all on Twitter. Weasel is Weasel at BSOTG. Chris is at Rankin BSOTG. And, of course, I am... VSOTG, Kyle Nash, the the game. Uh, check out the website, www.ngscsports.com for all, of course, your NFL draft and off-season needs. You can look out for something coming up from a man, G. Stelio, who's going to be writing something crazy on the NFL free agency. He's already told me it's going to be a two-part series because look at all this stuff that we're breaking down. I'm pretty sure we missed something. LaRon Landry getting suspended nine weeks, for example. Or was it ten? Whatever. Uh, ten weeks. Ten weeks. Thank you. We was, uh, I thought nine, nine sounded wrong. So former Colts safety uh, suspended for the first eight games of uh, next season. Former Colts, former skins. Performance-enhancing drugs. Correct. And why it's so high, last thing, suspended four games last year. Correct. Repeat offender. Thank you, Weasel. Moreover, I mean, even A.J. Hawk is talking to the Bengals. What? What is going on here? He looks funny. He does look funny. <laughs> I don't know. At any rate, something funny. The three of us talked about how people look. Let's wrap up this show. Until next time, folks, class dismissed.